Welcome to Type Tune Tint. I'm Tom Kranz. You don't have to drive a Jeep to enjoy today's episode, but today's guest took an old broken down Jeep into her heart and was inspired to create a story with a Jeep as a central character. Maybe you had a certain car at a certain point in your life that meant more to you than just a way to get around. Join me for a conversation with Jennifer M. Lane, whose book about a Jeep with seven lives has become a runaway hit. Jeep, Jeep, I like to drive my Jeep. And I'm joined right now by Jennifer Lane from her uh, palatial estate in East Norriton, Pennsylvania, <laughs> which is a suburb of Philadelphia, uh, and I guess a sub-suburb of King of Prussia, which is one of the great all-time names of a town ever, King of Prussia, <laughs> Pennsylvania. But I've been to East Norriton, and I've been to Norristown, and I've been to Bluebell, and I, when I lived in Ardmore and Havertown, I kind of made the rounds in Montgomery County. That's a county just kind of north and a little bit west of Philadelphia. Uh, Jennifer, how are you today? I am well. How are you? Good, good. So um, it is, we're doing this at 10 o'clock on a weekday. Are you not, are you off today? Do you work from home or, or what? Oh, I'm taking an early lunch. <laughs> Outstanding. That's a really early lunch, late breakfast, early lunch. That's cool. Um, us retired guys, you know, we tend to lose, uh, we lose track of time and day. So for all I know, today could be Sunday afternoon, you know, who knows? Uh, <laughs> we're here today. Work. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm just babbling on here. Um, what, uh, do, what do you, I'm guessing, uh, I actually, I know that you do have a day job, like everybody I interview here. Would you like to tell us anything at all about it? Um, I am a marketing director is my full-time day job. I've worked in a variety of different industries. I've worked in government and in politics and in e-commerce. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I try to keep it kind of separate from my creative pursuits. Well, you, I mean, of course, uh, do you work for a company or do you, are you self-employed? I work for a company. Okay, good. I, I found it interesting in the, the email that we, we had an email exchange. You said that what you do is kind of like oil and water with what your what your creative life is. I totally hear that. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I think that's probably true for a good number of creatives. Yeah, I mean, we need to have a J job because we need to make money, and you know, especially once you've gotten into your thirties, forties, and beyond, you know, your day job kind of is what it is. Uh, unless, you know, you're one of those happy people who just loves working every day, you know, so we'll just leave it at that. Um, what what uh, I met Jennifer uh, at a book fair in Flemington, New Jersey, uh, in May of this year, 2023, we had adjoining tents. I was there with my, my little my little TK books display. And Jen was there with your husband, Matt, his name is? Yes. The two of you were there. And uh, the thing that uh, that kind of drew me there, along with many other people, was this little piece of machinery that sat on the <laughs> table that was surrounded by all these books. The book we're going to talk about today has something to do with that little piece of machinery. It was a carburetor and then some pieces <laughs> of, I guess, a transaxle or a transmission or something. And I, I noticed after I left that a, a, a couple of guys kind of came over and said, what's this all about? And what it's all about is uh, Jennifer's uh, latest book. It's called Of Metal and Earth. It wants me to say, it kind of, it has the same cadence as Of Heaven and Earth. 
of metal oh, yeah, and earth. It's kind of poetic <laughs> in that way, I guess. I don't know if you chose that. Probably not. But um, I, I was intrigued because the subject of this is a Jeep. And it's not yes. just any Jeep. Uh, tell us about uh, the inspiration for this book. Uh, you know, where, where did you get this bright idea? Oh, gosh. I, I had kind of the scaffolding for the story in mind for a long time. Um, going back to being a little kid and staying at my grandmother's house, and she didn't have a lot of toys around. So sitting down and getting ready to go to bed in absence of books to read, she would a car would go by and she'd say, tell me who's in it. What are they wearing? Do they have a dog? Are they singing? Where are they going? Are they going on a trip? And we would make up stories about the people in the cars that would go by. So this had built kind of a scaffolding for a story, but I didn't know what to do with it. And then Matt decided one day he saw, he, he'd been shopping for a Jeep. He saw an ad for one and off we went and we brought it home. And for him, it was something fun he might be able to drive and work on, but we didn't know at the time that we would be rebuilding it, <laughs> taking it apart and putting it back together. Nice. And so the process of diving headfirst into his dream, which was nothing I had ever aspired to before, um, fueled the kind of filled in the scaffolding and became the book that you are reading so yes and in in the interest of complete and total transparency i've only gotten i've just begun <laughs> chapter four of your book uh and that's not due to lack of interest it hooked me right away uh other parts of my life let's just say kind of caught up with me with the last in the last few weeks and i, yeah. I have it it's right in front of me it's on my little command center table next to my uh, chair in my den uh so i will get to it but uh, just to fill in uh, the viewer, the our listeners real quick, um, of Metal and Earth, uh, the name of the book, is essentially about a Jeep that passes through a number of owners. And the story Seven. is about kind of the story of each of those owners and the journey that that Jeep, I guess, charted through all those lives. So it's, I guess, in one way, it's about a Jeep, but it's not really about a Jeep, is it? No, it's it's really about the way that these different lives are all tied together through this one object. Um, and it could have been a teacup. <laughs> it could have been a coffee pot. It could have been a, a, a piece of furniture that they inherited. It just so happened that it was this Jeep. And in many ways, the way that they're, the challenges they're facing in their lives are kind of reflected in their relationship with this car, which is aging and it's all all of the restoration that and the rehabilitation that kind of has to happen in a human's life is played out through their relationships with the car. Cool. And uh, so you have some, ex obviously you owned, a, first of all, tell us what <laughs> model Jeep it is, because we got Jeep heads listening right now. We got to know <laughs> sure. everything you can tell us about the Jeep, the model, the year, all that stuff. Yeah. So it was a 1964 CJ5. So uh it was a glorified tractor, really. It has a little <laughs> tiny little engine. And um, uh, gosh, I guess there really isn't a lot to say about it. Um, 
So and I'm looking at the picture, the Jeep, your Jeep is the one that's pictured on the cover of the book, correct? Yes. Yeah. That was a photo of the Jeep that I took in a bank parking lot. <laughs> and and was this towards the end of your ownership of the Jeep or well, do you still own it or no? Uh, no, we sold it a few years ago to a really nice man who wanted to have great experiences with an old Jeep with his kids. And uh, it's you. almost a mirror to a Jeep that he owned when he lived in New York. Well, and, I mean, the, um, the picture on the cover, the Jeep looks in pretty good shape. I mean, it's got this rope tied around the front <laughs> bumper and it doesn't look all beat to shit, you know, like you might expect it to. So I yeah. guess you guys gave it a little TLC, huh? We did. We um, The man we bought it from had used it to clear his property, a clearing brush off of land. Um, it was cheaper than buying like a side by side. And uh, he didn't he didn't have any passion for it. He just wanted to get rid of it because he didn't need it anymore. Um, we bought it and drove it. Uh, Matt drove it home. I followed him about two hours. When we got it home, every bolt was finger tight. Um, I think my eyes were bleeding because the carburetor was running too rich. It was the wrong carburetor that was on it. It was, it needed a lot of work and it was fun. It was fun to take it apart. And, and, uh, it's kind of a symbiotic relationship that you have with the car. You're getting a lot out of the process emotionally, intellectually, mechanically, you're building Mm. skills, you're forming a relationship with it, and you really have to learn to listen to it. Um, we didn't change the color. Um, I put the rope on the front. It kind of protected my knees when I'm digging into the engine bay. Um, <laughs> but um, it it needed a lot. We took the transmission out, rebuilt it, put it back in. Uh, the wrong transmission fluid had been used. So the brass components on the inside start to break down. They jammed up the transmission and we had to take it apart in a Walmart parking lot to unstick the gears once. Yikes. So (laughs) um, as I'm listening to this, you did all this work yourselves, right? The two of you? Yeah. Yes. And I noticed in your, in your bio somewhere, maybe on your website that you used to do an auto blog, a blog about cars. What, what, so you have some knowledge about cars. Yes. Um, modern cars. Um, I was a part of a, a Mini Cooper car club. It was more modern cars. And of course, when you're dealing with a like a BMW car product that's under warranty, you're taking it to a mechanic. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, you're paying someone else to do all of this work. So it was a very different experience going from a $300 control arm bushing repair or replacement at a dealer or going to AutoZone and buying one for $4 and, you know, or building parts. We bought our transmission fluid at Tractor Supply. Wow. And look at all you've learned. And and look yeah. at all the envious Jeep owners out there who said, geez, I wish I knew as much as she does. <laughs> you know, that's part of the fun of having the, the carburetor car parts on the book signing table. People walk up to me and tell me their car stories. I bet. And they light up in in fascinating fun ways and i connect with people on a level that you just don't in the workplace or in the grocery store it's cars really can connect people in unexpected ways oh yeah i get that i i my um I, i think everybody who's ever driven uh has some connection with some car throughout their lives and mine would be my very first car, which was, uh, I acquired it late in, uh, at age 17. Um, I got some money for my high school graduation and I bought a 65 Mustang. 
And of course, (laughs) if I knew then what I know now about 65 Mustangs, I would not have painted it. I would not have run it into the ground. I would not have failed to uphold that beautiful 289 V8. Um, So I ran it into the ground like an idiot. And then I bought a 73, 76 Mustang Grande, and I beat that one into the ground. But that first car was so, I mean, it was, you know, it was a fastback model too. So it had that, it had that, that, that roof that kind of Mm -hmm. had that little bullet roof. And that 289 engine was just so sweet in that, in that little car. Um, and now every time I see any Mustang, I kind of go back to those days. But when I see a 65 Mustang, I come, you know, I go back to self-flagellation over what an <laughs> idiot I was. But, you know, I had this conversation with another car guy and he's my age, you know, I'm in my late sixties. And he said, you know, when you're young, you're stupid. And what, you know, you can't, you don't have a crystal ball. Uh, right. but now we have, you know, I go to a classic car show and I see 65 Mustangs and I say, ah, That could have been me. So you are speaking to, you know, a very specific group of people out there. Uh, Do you do like Jeep shows and and car shows where Jeeps are being, are featured? If there is such a thing even? There is such a thing. Um, We've gone to a couple of them. The last one I went to was pre-pandemic. We went to um, Allbridge Jeep, which is out in, at the time it was out in Carlisle. And it was an a record-breaking heat weekend. It was 117 on Saturday, 119 wow. on Sunday, and uh, I've never been so dehydrated. <laughs> it, and it's a really dry, dusty place. It's a fair outdoor fairground, so, so every single, every book I had, every piece of me, the inside of my car was coated in this fine dust, yeah. and uh, I, I have a another Jeep. I have a JK, a 2018, and the inside of the back plastic roll-up window, it still has dust on it that just won't come off. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and and you meet you meet people you would never ordinarily meet because they want to walk up to you and grab a car part and play with it and tell you about this old Jeep they had or a Jeep their father had. And they they always connect it to another person somehow. Hmm. I had this car when I first met my wife and we had this we sold this car because we had kids and human experiences are very much a part of the relationship that everyone's had with their cars and I just find that so fascinating. It really is. Yeah. Um we've done a lot of car talking uh after we come back from my little break of Uh, shameless self-promotion. We're going to talk more about writer questions about the book specifically and how you got it to sell so much and, and your writing process. More with Jennifer Lane in just a moment. It's time to grab your beach reading. Your great escape is waiting at TomKranzBooks.com. Contemporary fiction in the Bud and Maggie series, sci-fi adventure in the Earth Moon Rescue series. Visit TomKranzBooks.com for detailed descriptions and links to the ebook, paperback, hardback, and audiobook editions. That's TomKranzBooks.com. You deserve a great escape. And we're back with Jennifer Lane, a Pennsylvanian who uh, has a, a kind of a, a life story uh, that surrounds a car, but she's written a book about it called Of Metal and Earth. It's a novel that essentially follows a Jeep 
through seven lives with seven owners. Um, from everything I see here and from everything you've told me, so you've written, it looks like six or seven books. This one seems to be the one that really took off. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so you're a bestseller according to Amazon, I guess, yeah. and according to others as well. Correct. Uh, I, I, I suppose, um, yeah, it's, it fits into that classic car category. So from time to time, it'll pop up and be a bestseller. Well, that's good. That's yeah. cool. So um, what would you say that most of your sales are to car aficionados or not necessarily? Or do you, I guess you really have no way of knowing totally, but do you get a sense that it's car people who are buying the book or not necessarily? I do. Um, around Christmas time, it, it seems to sell a lot as a mm. gift. And uh, you can kind of tell um, Amazon has, if you scroll down to the bottom of most products, it'll say people who buy this also buy these other things. Oh, and sure. you can see that like it ends up being purchased alongside other Jeep related books, which is great. And um, I think people tend to give it around Father's Day too. That's so funny. How long has it been? How long has it been? Uh, how, long, how long has it been for sale? Uh, it was published in 2018, so it's okay. coming up very like in next month. I think. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so tell me about your process of writing. I ask this to every writer. Everybody's different. Did you for this particular book? Let's just stay with of metal and earth, so we don't get into you know all seven books. But this one here, it just keeps it simpler. Did you just wake up one day and said, I'm writing a book about a Jeep? Or did you, did you, you know, over a period of time, write a paragraph here and a page here, and then it all kind of, you know, gelled for you? What is, how did that, how did that happen? So ordinarily I would write a very long outline and there would be character motivations and it would take a long time, but the plot of this book, the seven main characters, it all came to me at one red light. And we came home and Matt was, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be down in a second. And I'm like, okay. And I picked up an envelope that had come in the mail, a business size envelope. And I wrote the outline, the bare bones outline for this book on that envelope. Damn. It came to you at a red light while you were in your car. Yes. You know, there's something really appropriate about that. (laughs) (laughs) And Well, there is. Um, We, every once in a while, when we're bored or we're sitting in traffic, we play a game called Yes or No. We look at the cars around us. And the question is, if somebody gave you this car, would you accept it? Mm. That's it. And, you know, yes, no. Yeah. I mean, we live kind of near Fort Washington. So yes, I'll take the the Ferrari. No, I will not take the Maserati. It's just a simple little game we play. And, and all of a sudden there was a car in front of us and I, I don't know what about it sparked the thought like, oh, I'm going to, we had the Jeep at home and we were working on it. And I had just started a notebook to hmm. keep track of the parts we took off and what we replaced it with and where they came from and our experiences and notes about what we were learning and where we bought things. And it all just landed in my lap that seven owners of this car, or however many there would be, um, would be passing a notebook alongside this car that would tell the car's story and they would be learning about themselves through the process. And then I came home, grabbed an envelope and wrote it. So you wrote this outline down and then did you that same day or did you just kind of sit down at a computer one day and just start tapping out chapter one or did you do different? How did you do that? How did you actually write the book? 
Um, I start with a small outline and then I keep writing over the outline and it's fairly bland, um, things like, and then the character will go to the, um, and I keep going over it and over it. And, uh, until I have a more solid outline, probably about 20,000 words or so. And then I start writing. Um, and then it took two years, I think. When you write, do you write in like a quiet room with the door closed or do you do like I do and sit in your den with Seinfeld running in the background or <laughs> how do you, what do you actually do? I will write just about anywhere, but I can't write with music, with lyrics mm. or with a TV in the background. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't do it all the time, but uh, since my wife, since, since I retired and my wife's current job allows her to work from home three days a week. We sit in the same room and I have my earbuds on and sometimes I'm listening to music. Sometimes the TV is on. I find that when I'm actually, when I'm actually caught up in my story, I don't hear anything. I just, I'm like, in fact, she'll even talk to me and I'll realize that she's been talking for a couple minutes. And I look at her <laughs> and I say, well, did you say something? And she gets pissed because I was right there next to her, you know, so I can kind of do that, but uh, I actually find that writing in a quiet room kind of freaks me out a little bit. It's a little distracting. Yeah. And it's in its own weird little way. Uh, I guess I guess that's part of my DNA. I don't know what to tell you, but yeah, no, I, I totally relate to that. Um, I I think there's a I'm undiagnosed, but I'm probably ADHD and I can concentrate by exclusion. So if I have a, like coffee shop kind of music going on in the background or some type of white noise that varies, I can you a por- portion of my brain will exclude that sound and then mm. I can concentrate. I don't yeah. Know Isn't it weird how the brain can do that on multi levels? I don't quite get yeah. it. But are you? Yeah, writers write writing is a bit of psychological warfare in a way. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah you're right. I, yeah, I think writers kind of get to know their brains in in a different way. Yeah. You wrote in uh, in the email that we shared that uh you talk about writers wringing out every last drop of meaning from what they're writing or from an idea or from a concept. Yeah. Do you find that you did that with of metal and earth? Oh, sure. Yeah, I would say I would we would work on the car at any random time of day, often in the evening after work. And I might be sitting on a stool with the instruction manual and Matt is underneath of it because there's only room for one of us. And he's working on something and I'm just you wringing the meaning out of that experience and then making little notes in the margin of of a of a of a book or a catalog and then taking it back and putting it into the book. Yeah. Those kind of details really flesh out a story and really add, I mean, that's where the humanity comes from, obviously. Um, what are you writing now? Are you writing anything now? I am. Um, I am in the late stages of editing. I've kind of transitioned more to historical fiction mm-hmm. and um, emphasis on the fiction. I'm writing a book set in 1780 in Philadelphia on Elfrith's Alley mm. about uh, two women whose lives are running kind of parallel, but they don't know each other well. And as they are um, dealing with their own definition of liberty and independence, their lives kind of connect and collide. Well, as a former Philadelphian, I will be reading that when it comes out. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I hope me and maybe a couple hundred thousand other people. Uh, right. <laughs> um, and 
Where can people buy Of Metal and Earth? Uh, the paperback is available uh, anywhere online. Um, it's also available on Amazon. Um, and the ebook is in Kindle Unlimited um, for anyone who who is a Kindle Unlimited subscriber. Um, it's also available for sale on Kindle. Uh, and they can see it on my website. It's Jennifer M, as in May, Lane, dot, or Jennifer M. Lane Writes dot com. Jennifer M. Lane rights.com just like it yes. sounds yes do yep. you do do you do social media also i do i don't spend a lot of time on my author facebook page but my author twitter account went viral with a story about someone i met at the flemington book festival actually really? that's and, really cool um, yeah and i have to look up what my author twitter account at is oh jen underscore l underscore writes w-r-i-t-e-s and that's twitter yes <clears throat> okay so uh those of you out there listening know where to find jen's work there are um six other books seven other books uh you seven yeah do you self-publish everything by the way i meant to ask you that earlier or not uh i do um all of those books were published under my own imprint and uh, I stopped self-publishing somewhere around 2020, 2021. And um, now I'm querying my work. So good for you. Yeah. I'm doing that with my, the one I'm writing now too. I'm, I'm, I actually hate the query process <laughs> because after years of doing it, I'm just so sick of being rejected. You know, yeah. now that I'm older, I'm much more fragile, you see? So yeah. My ego is even more devastated now than it was five years ago. So Ugh. I'm kind of at the point where the way I rationalize it is, you know, if, if an agent doesn't care about me, they don't know what they're missing. I'm going to go ahead and do my thing anyway. So, yeah, I went through that um, published of Metal and Earth. This was the first book that I could not let go of. I needed it to, to I needed it to go out into the world and find its own path. Good. And um well, it yeah, found a good so. path because a lot of people are reading it. And, you know, what I've read so far is really good. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm really glad that you're enjoying it. It belongs to you now. It, I, well, thank you very much. If I had, uh, if I had the, the kind of dedication you did, I would have written something about Ford Mustangs. But that just brings back too many poor memories of what an irresponsible teenager I was. Uh, but um, it was great to talk to you. It was great to spend some time with Me you. Um, I'm looking forward to your next book. Uh, for those of you out there who need one more reminder, uh, we've been speaking with Jennifer M. Lane. There are a lot of Jennifer Lanes out there, folks, but this is Jennifer M. Lane. And you heard her website and her Twitter page. Her latest book is Of Metal and Earth. And it's kind of, you know, there's a Jeep on the cover and it's kind of the story about a Jeep that made the rounds. But at the end of the day, it's a story about human beings as well. And I think that uh, from what I've read so far, it looks really great. Jen, thanks for being with me and uh, good luck to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Four big wheels.